Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. Welcome to another edition of Rev. Lori and I are here in Eagle Country Studio, the Eagle's Nest. Really nice. I like it. I'm comfortable here. And we are always honored to come into your house and your car, place of business, wherever you're at, and try to rev up your life a little bit, but talk a little bit about the Bible and Jesus in ways that are understandable, uh, where you don't, where we're talking with you, not at you. I mean, I think that's what we tried to do at Whitewater Crossing as well as uh, on the Rev show. So I thought I would start with a scripture in Acts chapter 2, Lori, because I know you and I have had some discussions on this topic before. Maybe some others in Eagle Country might uh, be wondering the same thing. What does a church look like when it's working right? I mean, what are the, the signs of that? So over in Acts, which is like the fifth book of the New Testament, in verse 42, it's got a descriptor a description of the very first church. So sometimes people say, well, David, there's so many churches out there. How you know? How you know which church is the right church? I mean, there's mm-hmm. like all kind of denomination. There's Methodist and Baptist and Catholic and Protestant and, you know, Nazarene and Tangerine. And I mean, there's all <laughs> kind of churches out there. Well, great question. And my answer would be, let's look at the very first church, the one that the apostles and Jesus established. Because if ever there was a right one, it, it was that one. It was the first one. Mm-hmm. And then water is purest at its source. So as it gets downstream, it gets polluted. Same thing happens in the church. If ever there was a right church, organized correctly, doing the right thing, it was that very first one. All mm-hmm. the churches that have ever come have come from this church. So here's uh, in verse 42, here's a descriptor of how the early church functioned. And obviously our goal at Whitewater Crossing is to be like this church. We don't always get it right. We're just a bunch of imperfect people trying to serve this perfect person. But here's what it says. They devoted themselves, they were committed to the apostles' teaching, and today that apostles' teaching would be what's in the Bible, particularly the New Testament, to fellowship. They learned how to interact with each other, get along. They connected in some community. They com- were committed to the breaking of bread. This would have been communion, eating together a physical meal, but also a spiritual meal. We might call it the Eucharist or uh, communion uh, uh, time today. And then they were also committed, it says, to prayer. I mean, this should, Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. We can spend a whole show uh, talking about how important prayer is, but it's really important. Notice the results. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The apostles were like the original uh, small group of Jesus that he poured into. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Now, check this out. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Isn't that cool? So if you had a need in this first church, people contributed. They gave their own money. Some of them sold property. Every day, they continued to meet together. So they just weren't meeting on Sunday now. Mm-hmm. They were meeting like during the week, too. They met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they were happy people, praising God and enjoying the favor 
of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of a church family like that? I mean, if you're if you're poor, they're contributing and they're generous. If you're hungry, you're fed. If you're unhappy, you're happy. Uh, there's there's a connection. There's a belonging. Uh, they're all centered around God, Jesus, and each other. So the goal of our church at Whitewater and other Bible-believing churches is to replicate that very first church. That's the one that got it right. So what does that look like in Acts chapter 2 church look like in 2018? What what does it mean? What, what, what do we have to change? What do we have to lean into? What should we embrace? So again, Whitewater Crossing, just one of many wonderful churches that are not perfect, but there's a great dynamic. Our growth has been very dramatic over the last 10 years numerically, and I think spiritually, because some of these same principles are true every time we meet together, uh, not only on Sunday, but in small groups too. Now, the reality is that most people make decisions on churches based on faulty information. Mm -hmm. You know, they are going to make it by their their own uh, preferences maybe their own experiences. I know there's a lot of people visit our church, Lori, that got burned by church or they, 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 they met a hypocritical Christian. It was Mahatma Gandhi that said, I, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians because they're not very much like your Christ. So I've never found Jesus to offend somebody, but Christians is an, are another story. Mm-hmm. So there are no perfect Christians. So sometimes people say, well, I don't like going to that church. There's a bunch of hypocrites there as if they are not one themselves. If a hypocrite is what I'd, I have to do, I'm not doing what I say I ought to do, everybody's a hypocrite. I am. I'm including the preacher. So I say, man, we got room for one more if you're a hypocrite. Come join us. At least we're acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good reasons that sound good for people not to join a church, but if you probe deep enough, you'll find that it's just an excuse, which is this... Uh, an excuse, in my opinion, is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie that you are believing. So I, we tell people, just check us out, and don't make your decision just based on one, uh, you know, one visit, one experience. You, you gotta, you know, anybody can be off. I, I can just tell you, you know, uh, I'm not always on my game uh, preaching. There's some weeks I just feel like, man, that was no good. Just you should sit down. So there's always, we're infallible people. So we tell them, come more than once. Experience a six, seven-week run Mm -hmm. and see if you get a feel for how people really are. I think if people come to Whitewater Crossing, they would not think we were posers as perfection. I think we are authentic. I think we're real. I think we tell stories uh, uh, about how God is at work in someone's life. I think we're we are are a bunch of sinners saved by grace, and uh, we talked about the Bible in practical ways. We just try to mimic this Acts chapter two model uh, for us every time we meet, and so we have new people every single Sunday, and some return, some don't for a while, some try out other churches, uh, but it's it's a big place, so you can kind of be anonymous. Well, and to that note, one of the things I get asked most frequently by people is, I don't want to 
am I going to have to identify myself? Are yeah. they going to are they going to know when I walk in? Right. What do I wear? Yeah. You know, I those don't are, need a tie. Those legit <laughs> questions. Yeah, people are astounded when I wear blue jeans. Uh, they think, "Wow, this is great." And I know what it's like to be the one who's dressed down. Uh, my wife and I went down to Cincinnati Pops the other night. It's great. And I looked around and I'm a casual guy and I I know I was the only guy in that whole whole hall with blue jeans on. I know I was. So I have to I know what it feels like. So we're just trying to be casual. We're trying to be real. We're trying to be authentic. Trying to deal with relationship and not phony religion of some kind. We're not there to to rip people off. But people are afraid, and they, you know, we don't, we won't make you stand up and introduce yourself. There's no beeper and siren that goes off that says, <laughs> "Oh, so and so's here." I mean, I can't count how many times people. Well, if I came, the roof would fall in. It didn't fall in. It's pretty sturdy. Um, <laughs> So the advantage of a larger church is that you can kind of hide for a while in anonymity. Eventually, you have to come out of that anonymity, though, if you want to grow. Um, and, you know, I, I just think, you know, people are really, really good at blaming Christians for why they're not, something's not right in their life. And there are some bizarre Christians out there. But i found, by and large, the church is made up of a people who are humble and they're trying to make themselves better, their community better. They want to follow the and be like Jesus to the mm-hmm. best of their ability. And there are a lot of preconceived ideas, though. Fears. Well, if they knew who I was, they'd stone me in this church. They wouldn't even let me in. But you cannot tell me a story that we have not already heard before. We got everybody you know, you know, from hookers to holy men in our church. And I'm just telling you, there's nothing like the church when it's working right. That's what I say. There's nothing worse when it's not working right. And we're far from perfect, mainly because they have a preacher like me who's far from perfect. I mean, I'm still working on me. I'm having enough trouble with me. I'm not trying to <laughs> fix everybody else. So uh, it is, though, uh, a big deal when people finally overcome their fear, and give church a chance. And I think people are probably, by and large, pleasantly surprised. That's not always the case. People come and they say, it's not for me, I'm leaving. But by and large, people, when they come, they're saying, you know, I can see why people like this. I, I This is different than the church I grew up in mm-hmm. with the organs and liturgy. And, uh, you know, I feel guilty. When I leave here, I feel uh, lifted up. I don't feel beat down. I feel like uh, the preacher or whoever was communicating uh, was just a regular guy like me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people were pretty friendly. The coffee's pretty good. My kids are in, uh, well taken care of back there. They're safe mm-hmm. and they're learning the Bible on their level. We have a huge student ministry. I mean, we have a hundred to two hundred students every Sunday in their own area and they love it and, and they're learning you know the Bible in their own their own native tongue so to speak uh, they got games and they got their own food and stuff back there so I think it's a, a, a lot of good is happening there we always want to improve though so if you ever visit Whitewater Crossing and your experience was not the best man we'd love to have you try it again we'd love for you to email me and uh, let me know what we can do to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, better and and uh, but I do think people tend to come in 
with a consumeristic uh, mentality. Everybody's kind of a critic. We're we're shaped to be that way in our world. We go to a restaurant. We're going to be you know a critic of the food or the service. Uh, you know, we go to business and you're going to post online whether you had a good experience or give them two stars and not three. So people are wired to be critics in our culture. And we carry often that same mentality into the church experience. So uh, we're, we are uh, wide open to improving. But uh, as I mentioned to you one time, you can never do enough wrong for the right person and you can never do enough right for the wrong person. If it's one thing that's not right, it's going to be something else if it's the wrong person. So our church is full of people who uh, are just trying to find some help and some hope. And um, we're not the only church that's peddling hope, but I think that it's a healthy church who is trying to uh, get better and we're not a perfect church. I was, I was saying in a recent message, you know, if you if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. There yeah. are none. Uh, so come in and check us out. Uh, we got on our web page, whitewatercrossing.org. You can click on that before you visit tab, and it, you can kind of experience through video and other forms kind of what will happen when you come. And uh, so you, I think you might just be surprised uh, if you make it, uh, about how that is. But I remember the first time, you know, you started coming, Lori. I mean, that was a... Well, a and, and to that point, um, and you know this, so I don't have any problem saying it, talking about giving it more than one chance because, you know, there have been certain, over the years, sermon series that yeah. have touched me more. The Virtue versus Vice we did last summer. I love that series, whereas there's been other ones over the course of time that didn't necessarily speak to me as directly, but I still right. learned something. But I find it, I we don't use the term ironic very often, but here I find it ironic a little bit that people, a lot of people have the misconception that you need to be perfect to go to Mm. church. Mm. But I really find that when people are really ready to let God into their life, it's when they're at their most imperfect. Interesting. Boy, what a great observation. Yeah, you don't have to be perfect to come. Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to kind of clean up my life before I come to church. Well, that's like a sick person saying, I'm going to get healthy before I go to the doctor. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't. That's the you reason need the, the doctor, medicine to yeah. get healthy. That's the reason the doctor exists. This is the reason the great physician is, you know, in the house to help people uh, get better. But I think people have this image that I have to be right and have all my stuff together, and that's not the case. In fact, we intentionally make it a little darker in the worship center so people can cry mm-hmm. without thinking everybody's looking at them. Uh, they can kind of be anonymous for for a while. Um, we don't want them to stay that way forever, but we have people who come for months and months and months before they self-identify, uh, and they stand at the back and sit in the back, and you know they just want to see if you're going to bring out snakes or you know do something. They weird. just have been driving by uh-huh. the sign on one twenty eight long enough to just finally figure out. Yeah. What's going on in there? And I and I love my home church, so it's hard for me to do this. But I live across the street yeah. from a church, and I look at it, you know, on Sundays. And I've gone to their website before, yeah. and I see things come through on social media. And I'm always like, you know what? I'm going to go over there 
Yeah. I'm just going to go ever one day. I just, it may, I may not change my home church because sure. I love my church, Check but I want to know what's going on across the street from where I'm Absolutely. living. Absolutely. And wouldn't Meet it be good people. if they're reaching people? And yeah, we had a lady who got caught. There's a lot of traffic comes off 128 mm-hmm. into our parking lot. And we had a lady who got caught up in uh, not really paying attention, just followed the cars and followed it right into our parking lot and got out. She wouldn't even plan on coming. She said, maybe I'll just get out of the car and check this out. And so she did. The, the stories of how God moves to get people there are uh, crazy and I find amusing and amazing. He's um, very, uh, he is um, very, very humorous. I've found actually in, our, in recently this past week a, a very humorous um, story with God in it that I almost have to share. It's a ahead. little bit off topic. Sure, but, go right ahead. You know, it was one of those inter- weird weeks where I personally had some death among the people that I work for and work with, not within the company here, but people, my clients. Right. And one, an actual client passed away, and one was the family member hmm. of a, or was the mother of a client. So I was taking out a sympathy card yeah. and a nice plant, you know, to because we're dear, near and dear to the people we work with. And I... Got a text message later that said, what is HVGC? And my mom was not a man. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And I'm looking at it and I realize that I have swapped these cards. But what I I gave the wrong card, Uh I switched them. But God's humor to me in it was is that I addressed the one card to our friends at HVGC and to the family of Pat. My one client's mom was named Pat. And I'm sitting here and I'm kind of just (laughs) laughing at God because the whole, the situation as a whole is obviously not funny, but I'm just like, that was a good one. That's Um, pretty good. He works in (laughs) mysterious ways, doesn't he? He (laughs) certainly does. (laughs) But, you know, what would you suggest to somebody? Because I've experienced this with Multiple people, myself, I've been going to Whitewater for well over four years now, which is crazy in wow, and of I itself. I believe that. That's yeah, a, time flies awesome. when you're having fun. and yeah. But it's hard for me when I invite people to come to the church that are very important people to me mm. and that I feel like I don't really ask a whole lot for. And the one thing they could do that would make me feel so happy and my heart so full. And because I really think they would have an awesome experience. How do you invite them when they feel that they already know what they're going to experience? And it doesn't matter what you say or don't say to get them to to get them to just join you soften the heart a little bit. Yeah. Boy, that's a tough uh, ask, but I bet a lot of people in Eagle Country who have invited people to church uh, experience similar dilemmas. You know, it's a very huge compliment when people invite someone to come to our church. We do not take it lightly. It means that members or frequent attenders who invite friends are not embarrassed. They feel like the the chances of their friend having a good experience are, are greater. Uh, sometimes they'll come up to me before service in the hallway and uh, they'll say, hey, David, my friend's coming today. Don't mess up. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit of pressure. So uh, it is a compliment, and I think we're consistent enough at our church where 
if people come in week in and week out, they're going to uh, get a good experience of connecting with God mm-hmm. and with their self and with one another. But uh, the, I, I found the invitational approach is the best approach. Hey, and I would put it like this. Hey, our church is not perfect, you know, uh, but I would, I'm getting a lot out of it. It's blessing me. Why don't you come and check it out anonymously? They're not going to have to sign anything, say anything, do anything, mm-hmm. give anything. Just check it out uh, and tell me what you think. And uh, would you commit to come, you know, four or five times? Because uh, over the course of that four to five, six-week period, you might see the whole gamut uh, of uh, what our church does and what we don't. And you can't fake it for six weeks. You can fake it for once, but mm-hmm. not over the course of a long haul. So I found that that's a that's a good approach. I think that people can argue, Lori, with your theology, but they can't argue with your testimony. And when they see a changed life in you, your friends and family say, you know, I don't know what's going on at church over there, but Jesus and that church have changed my friend's life. They don't speak the same. They don't act the same. They don't go to the same parties anymore. Um and I, I bet you're not the same Lori you were four years ago. Well, and those that know you would tell you that. I was. I think there is an, a, another Lori who knows me very well, who knew me, uh, <laughs> knows me now, but knew me way back when in, in my high school lifeguarding days. Yes, that I think it specifically so said to you, we did. I saw that girl in a video, and that was not <laughs> that was the not same the girl, girl I knew. Yeah, I was. I take so that funny. as a compliment. That Thank you very compliment. much. But it is. It. It's true, you know. Still, still yeah. improving. Oh my gosh, so many things. This I'm still definitely a, a disaster for the most part. But you know, aren't uh, we all? <laughs> aren't we all? And I think that that your life testimony is the greatest thing that people say. You know, I I, I don't believe it, but I believe you believe it. And so I'm going to come and check it out for a while, and then your faith suddenly becomes their faith, and. Uh, there's a lot of that investing in people and inviting them to come. That's a part of the secret sauce of Whitewater. People just go back to their uh, old network of friends and family, and they will, you know, start to tell uh, all the good things that God has done for them. And it's uh, indisputable because they know them. They know how they used to be, mm-hmm. and and uh, y- y- you know they're not that way anymore. Uh, so. I n- never give up on somebody. That's the, that's the other thing I would say is that you, you have to invite maybe that person 20, 30, 40 times before they finally say, well, they're, they're serious about this. It's harder for me to get somebody to, to visit church with me than it is for me to do my job. And, you know, my job is not very I, easy. It's I really not that. an easy job. I know that because <laughs> the stakes are, are sky high for church. And sometimes people have such a bad experience. So, we say be a persistent inviter, be a persistent prayer uh, for people. And if you continue to pray and you invite God to work in their life, it's uncanny when you are inviting and he is working what can take place. And you might just be surprised by the person who's on your seat and your row with you uh, in that row of seats. It might be somebody thinking, no way did they go to that church. Yeah, they do. No way. I remember them when this happened. I was there when that happened. And we've got some great 
testimonies. In fact, we had a guy, you know, Mark Crimer's a, a sponsor of our show here, just a wonderful testimony. We have people in the church. I had a guy come up and say, if Mark Crimer attends this church, and I know Mark, I knew Mark, then there must be some reason I need to be here. Because mm-hmm. you know what? That wasn't, a, it's not the same Mark I used to know. And Mark would tell himself, I'm not the same guy, not the same he business is- owner. He has told me many times you didn't want to know me 10 years ago. <laughs> and I, I kind of look at him when he says that and take his word for it. I mean, he gives a very genuine statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just keep inviting. Be creative with it. Be persistent with it. Um, you know, give them the bulletin. Drive them to the website. Let them experience messages. The, the website really is the front door of the church right now. So Joe mm-hmm. and our tech team do phenomenal work on that. People really are checking out the church long before they physically come. Mm-hmm. And like you talked about that church across the street from your house, they have a website. That's that's your front door. So uh, you can get online and watch our services, watch those the sermons, and you can be underwhelmed by me, but I think you'll be overwhelmed by God. Absolutely. And uh, there's such some non-negotiables or non-downloadables, I would say, that we have that you can listen to it online. It's wonderful and awesome, and we validate that. But there's nothing that takes the place of being there to hear other, you know, thousands of others sing with you, to experience the electricity in the room. The coffee tastes pretty good. Uh, The music is awesome. Uh, I think that there are so many compelling reasons. And it's about an hour and five minutes. You know, we're about a 65-minute service. And most of us spend that, you know, shoot, waiting on on a table in a restaurant. And we can invest uh, in our spiritual life the way we invest in all our other parts of our life. But our goal is to be just like this Acts 2 church, Lori. And that's the standard. We don't always hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just keep trying and trying to be a relevant, biblical, passionate church that is helping people find Jesus in a home uh, in his church. And in this kind of world, as I said in a recent message, you know, a high-tech world needs a high-touch church, and the world at its worst needs the church at its best. And I think uh, uh, for whatever reason, God has chosen to bless us for because of this approach. Hey, I got a joke for you. You know, to close out. You know, um, you telling that story about sending that card uh, earlier. Uh, I got a joke about that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, but look how look how it worked out. I heard about this guy who went to a florist. And he had a buddy who was opening up a business, so he went to the florist and said, "Man, I want to send a, a bouquet of flowers with a note to that business buddy of mine." You know, uh, gr- grand opening, and uh, you know, k- k- I, I want to send it. So uh, uh, he said that that's just great. He said I, I would I would love to to do that. Well, when he got there to the friend of his business uh, uh, there, he he went over to see if the flowers had been delivered. And sure enough, they were, <laughs> and, and 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 it said condolences on your passing. Oh, oh, the guy was so upset. He called the floors. He was outraged. I can't believe it. My guy's opening up his business, and you send condolences. Sorry for your loss. And, and the floor said, so you think you're in trouble. Somewhere in this town, there's a funeral home with a bouquet of flowers that says, good luck on your new location. 
Oh my god, that yeah, that's uh, that's almost the same. That's almost the same thing that happened so, to me. Yeah, so you so you know, there's a difference between sorry for your loss, good luck on your new location. So uh, I uh, I I think that everybody makes mistakes, but God sometimes works in the mistakes and turns them around. I will often say something just randomly in a message or maybe on a Rev radio show, and I'll think, well, that was stupid. I can't believe I said that. And then indefinitely, <laughs> somebody will email that week and say, you know, that line, that phrase, that story, that word, that like is exactly what I needed to hear today in church. And that's when I say, God, thank you, because you took this, you know, this dirt of a guy and you f- formed him into a preacher, and and you, he, my mouth runs amok sometimes, but <laughs> you used my words to help somebody connect with you, and that's when I love it. Because uh, in the Bible, God talked through a donkey one time, and He often talks through this donkey too sometimes. <laughs> well, sometimes when you think you're at your worst, you're really at your finest. You know, it is true, and I've learned to trust Him. With even my mistakes can turn out uh, to be his uh, paths and his ways of working uh, in life. So hopefully I won't send any cards to the wrong person. But Well, maybe for those of us who are praying ourselves that some of the people we've been inviting um, yeah. will open up their hearts and, yeah. and give something new a try, maybe you could pray for yeah, all of those people that. that are inviting yeah. and investing and waiting. I would love that. I would love that. God, uh, we come through the airwaves uh, this evening, uh, Sunday night, to thank you for the church working right, help us to uh, work to keep it healthy and right. And I pray for all of our friends that we uh, are inviting, uh, all the people who we know would uh, their lives would improve so greatly if they came. Give us the right words, the right timing, the right approach and technique uh, to be able to have those folks say yes and come and then have a good experience. Uh, so God, forgive us when we're, we don't have the church be what it's supposed to be. And I thank you for Lori's boldness and the people in our church who are uh, courageously and bravely inviting people to uh, meet a person named Jesus who really can take their life and make it better, take that which is broken and make it whole. And Father, the best news is that we get to be in heaven forever with you when we have that relationship. So, uh, Father, help us to be like Jesus every day, and thank you for the radio show and those that we're able to reach and touch. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.